On the line, I have Dr. Helen Fogarty from the School of Pharmacy and Biomolecular Sciences at the uh, Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. Good morning, Dr. Fogarty. How are you? Good morning, Michael. I'm very well. Thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you very much for taking uh, time out of your busy, busy schedule to have a chat with us this morning. Not at all. I'm delighted to be here. Now, we're going to be chatting about uh, blood donations per se. Uh, and we've all heard over the, the last, I suppose, 12 months or so, maybe a little bit more, that uh, we have been, so we say, running short at times and having to import from the UK. Uh, you've done a new study uh, which is targeting certain groups. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely, Michael. So, as you've mentioned already, Ireland has really experienced major blood shortages in the last year, and we've imported blood from the UK on three separate occasions in the last 12 months. And that actually has never happened here uh, in recent times. It hasn't happened in over 30 years. So it presents a, a huge challenge. And while any one of us, you or I, might need a blood transfusion someday, these blood shortages will disproportionately affect patients who need frequent blood transfusions. And one such group of those patients are people with sickle cell disease, which is a genetic disorder that affects red blood cells. And some of these patients need frequent transfusions, for example, once a month throughout their life to prevent complications. And sickle cell is more common among people of an African ancestry. And we also know that certain blood types are more common among people of specific ethnic backgrounds. And so the ideal matched blood for a patient with sickle cell might only be found in about 1% of blood donors who are a majority white or Caucasian backgrounds, but could be found in up to half of donors of an African ancestry. But African and other ethnic minority groups are really underrepresented in the Irish Blood Donor Registry. And we felt that many barriers might exist to them donating blood, which could be different to those experienced by Caucasian or white Irish individuals. And so that's why we designed this survey to identify really, I suppose, what motivates and what hinders people of different ethnic backgrounds to donating blood here. So the study was a collaboration between the RCSI, uh, the Student Innovation Challenge, the Haematology Department at St. James's Hospital here in Dublin, and the Irish Blood Transfusion Service. And so it was completed uh, online, anonymously, uh, by almost 400 individuals from a variety of different backgrounds. And what the survey really highlighted to us was that the greatest barriers to blood donations among minority groups included um, a lack of information on blood donation um, and a history of living in a region where malaria is uh, common. But on the flip side, factors that were found to motivate people from minority groups to give blood included um, donation for religious reasons and a desire to help others within their own community. And together, I suppose these findings give us great insight, really for the first time in Ireland, about what motivates people and what prevents people um, from different ethnic backgrounds to consider becoming a blood donor. And the results of that survey can be used kind of in the design of future campaigns to encourage more donations from these groups um, and to make blood donation more inclusive in Ireland. But Michael, just to highlight more broadly here that, of course, the focus of this study was on minority ethnic groups, but really we need more donations from individuals of all ethnic backgrounds in Ireland, given the recent shortages that we have experienced here. Well, it's it's a funny thing that um, 
I'm going back showing my age going back uh, uh, kind of nearly 40 to 50 years ago um, when I was a young lad uh, I remember particularly out, outside Dublin around the country there used to be uh, blood drives and um, you know all the it, people felt it was their duty to yeah, to go absolutely. and give blood and like the, it, it would come happen maybe twice a year there'd be a blood drive in, in, in particular towns and literally everybody and you, you were kind of shamed if you didn't yeah, that certainly um, would have been done in the past. And I think one of the drivers of the shortages really has been the kind of the COVID-19 pandemic. So many of our kind of regular donors would be, you know, of an age group who were particularly advised to shield and to, you know, to um, cocoon and to isolate at home and to kind of, you know, so they would have been perhaps turned off coming in for donations over the past two years. And indeed, you know, many people working in the centres were isolating and are sick with covid um, and there would have been in the past kind of drives going out to certain parts and towns, but also in universities. Um, and of course, that's been completely shelved over the last two years with the universities being closed. But I think, you know, you're kind of mentioning, you know, the kind of sense of duty. And I know even from my own family, uh, my uncle would have donated blood for decades. But now that he's, you know, 60, 70, medical reasons are kind of preventing him from donating again. And I think at this point, it's very important to pass the torch on to the younger generations. So it's going to be very important to promote new blood donors um, to come on board and start donating now going forward. And I think that this lack of information, which I mentioned earlier, was not just a barrier to ethnic minorities. It was, in fact, the leading barrier for all ethnic groups. And particularly among young people, there was kind of a suggestion that, you know, I don't really hear about it. I don't see it. So I think also there was a preference towards, um, you know, social media as well as kind of the likes of uh, promoting blood on traditional media forums. Um, so I think, you know, we need to think outside the box on how to kind of engage younger people going forward. And I think, you know, social media might have a role to play there. It's also fantastic to be able to promote blood donation on the radio like this. But I think we need to think of all avenues. Um, you know, you're you're so right. And it, it is a, it's a constant amazement to me how many times uh, for things like this and other things uh, um, that come up, it's lack of communication that's out there of of, of a communication plan, uh, and uh, it just amazes me that why is this always happening? Do we not have have we not copped on to that? You have to keep telling people. You have to keep reminding. It's no use just telling somebody once and letting them know that there's a blood the blood bank is there and we're we're short. You have to have a constant. Uh, um, a constant uh, communication strategy going the whole time and if I can throw in my own Tuppence Hapenny work worth, if I remember correctly years ago there was um, there was the blood donation pin and you got different colours for how, how, how often you um, you uh, uh, gave blood so you you could end up with a gold pin if you if you over so many years. I think that would be a great idea to start again, particularly with young people, and start with them in, in kind of nearly like secondary school, kindly encouraging them to 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 you know you know that this is a badge of honour if you have this and did it the different colours 
going forward. I think that would be a great idea to get that back going. Yeah, again. certainly. And I think, you know, they have. So I've seen and I suppose because I'm in the field of hematology and more aware of these shortages because they affect directly our patients. But, you know, you do see, you know, the, the giveblood.ie they kind of have Twitter and different handles so they would you know they have pictures of people celebrating their 50th donation or their 40th and um, another thing I think which is quite a nice feature is that when you give blood you know you'll get a text message um, in a couple of weeks or a couple of days saying your blood has gone to you know Sligo General Hospital um, Castle Bar um, St James's Hospital so you know you're like oh you know a patient has received my blood in that hospital so it's nice to have that feedback and I think that donors who already donate really appreciate that and they do receive those reminders you know maybe to come back in a year's time or reminder that we're experiencing shortages but it's the new donors that we need to target so this is why this um, uh, survey focused only on potential donors you know to see well what has stopped you or why have you not done it so far what would encourage you to do it going forward and I do feel that it, it it's going to have to come from the younger generation because that sense of that kind of badge of honour might maybe apply to a more older generation who now are reaching a stage where they're no longer eligible to give blood so again passing the torch is important and you know social media and you know as you say kind of that feeling of giving back to the community you know celebrating it on Twitter and so forth I think it's 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 a nice piece Indeed and you know I, I say the badge but you know that badge could be loads of different things it could be a, a particular badge that you can use on your social media yeah things absolutely. like that you know that, that there's different ways of doing it and that um you don't they so somebody doesn't have to broadcast that i'm this that you have this on your your social media page or it's on your your um what whatever way they they, they, they want to do it that it's just there people to see it and you don't have to go broadcasting it yeah certainly and through kind of local celebrities or icons or influencers you know they'll have a role to play as well because people look up to those people and see and I do feel like it is lack of awareness you know certainly people said oh I just never thought about it or I've never heard about it Um, but for anyone listening you know the website giveblood.ie is the Irish Blood Transfusion Services website and there's a very good uh, blood eligibility quiz there which runs through some of the reasons why someone may or may not be able to donate so you know you can check it out and and or you know phone new donors or any donor can make an appointment by calling 1-800-731-137 and since COVID all of these donations are by appointment only so somebody will talk to you over the phone about whether or not you're eligible and ask some of these questions so it means that you're not showing up um, and then finding out and being disappointed if you can't donate uh, that would all have been done in advance so that's kind of one silver lining of, of the COVID system if any Indeed, and wouldn't it be great if one of the the, the big supermarkets or uh, you know a car company got involved and uh, supported the development of a, a communication package for you know for for students, for you know um, second second level students and also third level students, so that you're, you're get getting them early. Absolutely, I mean, I think we couldn't have more 
support on this any ideas and support will be greatly appreciated and certainly the Irish Blood Transfusion Service um, we're happy for anyone promoting blood donation so yeah that's a great idea I think it'd be a great idea and you know uh, you know that there's a big push on uh, corporate social responsibility uh, and they uh, all these big companies uh, have um have yearly plans to do so they could very easily put that in uh, as their their, 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 we'll we'll call it charity of the year to uh, uh, push out the communications uh, for blood donations Yeah that's a fantastic idea and it wouldn't be one that people would traditionally think of but it certainly is a social um, responsibility but you know I mentioned as I said the older generations and the kind of idea of giving back but this isn't something unique to Ireland and you know I've listened to American uh, lecturers in the American blood bank and they're kind of experiencing the same issues that sort of you know the older generations who are no longer medically eligible and, and how can they encourage younger people to consider donating blood because you know we know Michael that three percent of the eligible population in Ireland are blood donors so there is lots of room for improvement and I think you know as I said in in America they're considering kind of using social media but um, somebody else pointed out that you know in the American colleges you have to say that you've done a lot of charity work or you've done extracurricular activities and they proposed in this particular state that you know actually secondary school students and students pursuing college should be able to say well you know my donations or blood donations are being involved in that you know is is an extracurricular activity so it's like you mentioned with the corporate uh, piece there that it's, it's not just charity you know it's, it's social um social responsibility and you know certainly you can give blood you're potentially saving a life so it's i mean what could be what could be a better cause than that indeed and, and of course you know uh, the other thing and I'm sure I'm sure they, they, they do it as well is that um, you know you have big factories uh, and big uh, offices around uh, the country where you, you could have hundreds to, to thousands of people working that yeah and it's about making it convenient for people yeah. you know if the the donor unit pulled up outside your factory you're a lot more likely to uh, to go in I think it's because of COVID again that kind of mobile unit really have gone out the window for now but you know that's a great idea going forward. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of somewhere like um, if you think of Intel out in uh, Leakslip, and I can't remember. I think they have something like five thousand people working on that campus. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's just kind of going wh- where people are, and you know, in our survey, people kind of did say I'd be more likely to donate if it was closer to well for the older people it was closer to work for younger people if it was closer to my school my university and I mean that makes sense because you're trying to help people to help you you know you need to make it convenient for people indeed and uh, I suppose I I'm shouldn't be saying this but also you get that little bit of peer pressure going as well That's, <laughs> uh, it's seen as a good the right thing to do so it, it, it just motiv- it's another little motivator for people yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for good or bad. Doc, Dr. Helen, thank you so much for uh, coming on and chatting uh, to us this morning about it because I do understand it is really, really so important. Um, if you if you if you think of you know somebody who had who, who's in uh, shall we say just a, a crash on the road, um, the amount of blood they could need is amazing. Oh, it is huge. People really have no idea. And I suppose, you know, I, I mentioned a, a cohort that needs blood f- 
for transfusions frequently, so the sickle cell disease cohort. But we have to remember that any one of us might someday need a blood transfusion. And, you know, as you mentioned, a car accident. And, you know, there's, in fact, I think one of the times that we experienced huge shortages during the year was actually because, you know, there had been three significant major hemorrhages or major bleeding episodes with just, you know, just a handful of people. And that tipped us into blood shortages. So, you know, it's a, it's a very... Um, precarious situation you know the, the amount of blood that we have on any given day is just enough to kind of last us for a few short days so any one of us might be in that situation and we would be very appreciative of the blood if, if and when we need it and so again if any of your listeners are interested giveblood.ie is the Irish Blood Transfusion Services website and I would really encourage anyone to consider becoming a blood donor if they're able to. And I would as well and I also think that as somebody who is a blood donor because we were having shortages if somebody is a blood donor and they have an accident I think they should get first preference. You know, if there's a shortage of blood and you're a blood donor you should get first preference on getting that blood. I don't think the systems kind of marry up in that way, you know, from a medical perspective. But I mean, socially, you know, people, I'm sure there are people who would share your opinion. Yeah, most, most definitely. You know, I think, you know, if, 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 if you're a member of the club that you're giving, that you should get, you should be, uh, get, uh, we won't say priority, but, you know, you should, there should be a recognition in there if you have a problem. Sure. I suppose the problem is a lot of people who need blood are also the type of people who who would be ineligible to donate blood. Yeah. You know, that's kind yeah. of the, the yeah. flip side of that. Yeah. It, once again, uh, I'm much, I've actually dragged this out for much longer than I should have. I'm taking you away from <laughs> all the all. great work that you're doing. Thank you very much for coming on. Not at all, Michael. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. All the best. Take care. Bye bye. Bye now. Now, there we go. And um, Dr. Helen, uh, I've also got uh, some websites that Dr. Helen uh, put in on her release. So I'm going to add them to the... um, to the podcast of this interview so they're going to be all there for anybody who's interested and we'll do our uh, our best to get that up 